Welcome to the Ozark United Methodist Church Companion Podcast for Tuesday, February the 2nd. My name is Joey Mills, and joining me tonight on the podcast, we've got... Melissa Vino. And Jacob Schneider. And tonight we are wrapping up our discussion of our January sermon series titled We Believe. Specifically, we are going to be talking about uh, the sermon from last week, which which discussed putting our faith into action. Um, and we'll be taking a look ahead at the sermon series for the next couple of months. That'll get us through through Easter. So uh, we'll get into that before we get started. Um I want to thank everybody that's joining us online to to watch. Be feel free to type your comments in the uh, in the chat there, and we'll try to address any questions or comments you have as we go throughout the night. Uh, but let's before we get started, let's open up with a word of prayer. Would anybody like to pray us in tonight? Sure, let's pray. All right. Lord God, we thank you for this night. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together uh, to be in holy conversation and to to do so in your presence. I pray you would guide our conversation. You would lead us. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would speak to us. Uh, just nudge us in the direction you want us to go um, and to be the kind of people you want us to be. Uh, but we offer you this time in ourselves to you and to your glory, all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's talk about the sermon from last Sunday. It was the wrap-up. It was the the go-home sermon from this sermon series titled, We Believe. And this was all about putting our faith into action, specifically referencing uh, James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26, where we talk about um, how faith without works is dead. It's not a competition. It's not an either-or. It is a faith and works dependent upon each other. Um, so with that in mind, was there anything that jumped out, uh, any thoughts as far as as you're preparing the sermon uh, or thoughts uh, from the sermon itself, anything that jumped out? And I'll just kind of open it up and let anybody jump in as they will. Um, the first thing that jumped out at me was the number 65% of Americans claim to be Christians. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a little high, honestly, based on... Um, yeah, based on the current situation of our country, it, it, that I, I was surprised that it was even that high. I'm, I'm not surprised that we see those a lot. And anytime there's that self-reported survey data, you always take it with like a grain of salt. Like, well, you might, it's kind of like how many people lead a healthy lifestyle and you see the results on that. And you're like, really? Because if this is the obesity rate and this is the you know rate of cancers and it's like, are you really healthy? So, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, it's, I think that's just all to the point. How can how can you tell? <laughs> how can you tell? Um, and we yeah, can't tell. Yeah, because based on based on what we see, I wouldn't say sixty five percent of the of the country are practicing Christians. Um, yeah, what's the uh, the companion piece of data with that? Is what like only a third of people regularly regularly report attending church? So, if you're self reporting, <laughs> if two thirds yeah. are self reporting that they're Christians, and only one third are self reporting that they're actually attending church, and then <laughs> there's a disconnect. Is defined by like once every six weeks, <laughs> right? <laughs> Not even once a month anymore. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. that's rough. So. Yeah. 
But I think, you know, it, it, I was probably 20 years ago now, the early 2000s, and that number was like 80%. Mm-hmm. Like, we use that as a, you know, we're standing on this ground that we are Christian, and I, like, mm, I don't know. It wasn't true then either. So, right, so. right. But, yeah, it, it goes back to that thought that I've had, where if, if you are, if you are claiming to be a Christian then not only should your thoughts and your words and your actions reflect that, but you should also, I think, be quick to point out when things aren't Christian that are being called Christian. Because sometimes in our culture, we conflate certain things with Christianity as well. You know, uh, we talked about it in the discipleship class last week. So that there's a, the plug for that for those who are going to join us this week. Um, but we talked about how, you know, um, there are things we say, uh, you know, just platitudes or cliches that we think are biblical that have no, they, they aren't, not only are they not found in scripture, but they sometimes run the opposite or counter to what is actually in scripture. And so I think a lot of that is reflected in some of those numbers as well, that there are things that I think culturally we think are Christian because that's what we have been told, um, or that's a popular take on something when in reality, maybe it's not only not Christian, but sometimes it's counter Christian. Um, that, so yeah, I think it's, it's hard when we hear those numbers to, as Christians, I think sometimes you're like, really? Well, when, when are you going to show up for church? When are you going to join me for this work day that we have coming up? Or, you know, it's, yeah, it, it can be, it can be disheartening to hear those numbers sometimes. It, you know, on the one hand, you want to say, "Wow, two thirds of the population identifies as Christian," and then you're like, "Well, but but where are they? <laughs> we don't see them. We don't see their works. We don't hear their words." Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I and I think I use the example towards the end of the service of Mother Teresa, and you know. We want to know what a Christian looks like. There's, there's a good example, um, but I, you know, I think about her life. It was so unassuming. She did nothing like extravagant. She did nothing. Is a small orphanage in this nowhere place in India, mm-hmm. um, and she dedicated her life to just serving those people there, um, and yet. I mean, she saint, <laughs> like quite literally a saint, and, and this witness that just goes far, far, far beyond anything she even really did or said. Um, so I, that should be our example. And you know, she's famous for saying, "I can do no big things, only small things through great love," um, and that's it. It's simple, very simple, mm-hmm. not easy. I agree. As we, as we, um, you know, as you kept talking about the the action that you know our faith has to be in action, um, it made me think of a Matthew West song that is it's called "Do Something," and in the song he's he's saying you know I'm looking at how the the world is just a mess and it's horrible right now and there's poverty and and all of this terrible stuff. And I look up at heaven and shake my fist and say, God, why don't you do something? And God says back to him, I did. I created you. It's like, 
Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I do. Yeah. I believe. I believe that God created us to help one another. And when, I mean, I've always, you know, I've always thought, you know, have known that that you know, when you see people in, if you know someone in need, you do what you can to help them. Um, that's just what we're called to do. But it really sunk, struck home with me um, in a completely different way when I was able to donate plasma because I sat there thinking about how miraculous it was to me that they could take the blood out of me, spin it around and get out what they want, and then pump the blood back into me and then give that to a completely different person. And I was just struck by how God created our bodies to be able to do that, to, for me to be able to help somebody I don't even know who's completely different from me. <laughs> and, but we were created to be able to do that. Yeah. There's things about our bodies that we can help other people, you know, with organ donations and stuff like that. It's like, there's no way that just happens. Yeah. <laughs> like that was intentionally created that way. Um, so it just really hit me kind yeah. of square in the head. <laughs> and I think that points directly to like, you know, that's, that's something small that you can do tangible that you can do. And I, and I think, you know, when somebody says do something or we say to God, do something where we're, it's like, it's called to action. Like the emphasis is on do, do something. But I think for us, it needs to be do something <laughs> like do something. Um, because I, it's so hard, so easy, I guess, to get paralyzed, just paralyzed by just the enormity of mm-hmm. everything that's going on and how can we deal with this. And so we easily become cynical and retract and pull ourselves into our little, you know, safe places and and just do something. Um, and, and like Mother Teresa, she just did something. There are these pe- there, here are these people that need help. I have the gifts to help them. Um, so we're walking around through our day-to-day life. Here's someone who needs something, or here's somebody who just needs a, a, an encouragement. Well, I have the God-given gifts to address that, and so I can I can respond. And I, I yeah, I just we want. I think I'm speaking from experience here. We want to make it more complicated than it is. Because that's, you know, that's our excuse. So. Well, I think that we. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think we get in our heads that it has to be something big. Exactly. That's where I was going as well. Yeah. That it has to be some big grand thing or that you, you start a soup kitchen or you, you know, make something big. And I, and it's something I've talked to the youth group about too. I'm like, you don't have to do something big. You can hold a door open for somebody, you know, it, it can be, yeah, small things. It does not have to be a big grand gesture. And I think we get hung up on that. Yeah. Well, I, I think about that in terms of the, the church. Uh, even the local congregation, any local congregation, um, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying some of this, but uh, that's okay. You know, <laughs> we'll, back, we'll back you up. Yeah, we we have this call to action, and we want to do something, and we want to 
you know, be the hands and feet of Jesus, and our minds immediately go to, what program can I start at the church? What what new thing can we do at the church? When no, I I think it's much simpler than that, and I think it takes much more responsibility on our part than that in our day to day. It, you know, if we aren't doing it daily, each and every day. Um, or at least trying and practicing and, you know, working at it each and every day, then anything we do as a church community is going to be lacking, right? I mean, and so just to give a little show of the cards, that's where we're going in this next sermon series. It's like, who do we need to be in order to live out our faith, to, to put our faith in action? Um, and so it, it takes a certain kind of character, right? And and that character it doesn't just isn't just dropped in our bodies. Um, it takes cultivating. So we're going to spend the next couple months cultivating that character, seeking to cultivate that, being intentional about that. So mm-hmm. I, I think uh, one way that I heard it explained that that stuck with me is a lot of times we encounter a situation. And I think it's easy for at all of us at some point to felt or to feel like, okay, where is God in this? Why is this suffering taking place? Why is this happening? Where is God? And you know, the answer that to this question that was posed was, well, if you're looking around at a situation and you can't find God in this situation, guess what? (laughs) You were empowered to be in that situation, to be the hands and feet of God. If you don't see God in this situation, that means it's your turn to step up and be the hands and feet of God in that situation. So I think that that I thought was a powerful way to look at it. If you're, you know, cause it is easy to get cynical or to despair and, you know, wonder, you know, why is the suffering taking place where, you know, what's God doing? Why isn't God intervening? Um, and there's some things we can't intervene with, but there are t- oftentimes, many times there are things that we can do to be the hands and feet of, of God in a bad situation. Doesn't mean that we're going to walk out having fixed quote the situation, um, but we can still show love and empathy and forgiveness and kindness and mercy and, and all of those things. So um, I think too, sometimes sometimes because it, you know, kind of piggybacking off of what Melissa brought up about the numbers, the statistics, sometimes it can feel like, Things are quote unquote Christian, um, or there's a tear between what I'm being told is quote unquote Christian by things outside of the church, whether it's our culture, whether it's politics, you know, society. Um, so sometimes it, there are times when it's the question has been asked, what is the Christian response to this? I want to be a good whatever. I want to be a good American. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good Democrat or Republican. I want to be a good community figure. I want to be a good whatever. And so, and so that means this, but a, you know, but how, where is, how do I be a good Christian in that? Because sometimes there are things about being a good X, Y, or Z that feel like they're counter to being a good Christian. Um, and so sometimes it can be weird to kind of 
sometimes the waters are muddied. Um, I think that one thing that what I'm leading to, one thing I think is important is that the United Methodist Church does have a set of social principles um, that you can find online that talk about, you know, it, it sounds like they're summarizing many of the sermons that we've had, the sermon series that we've had in the last, you know, few months. Um, but, you know, the talking about just kind of running through the basic headings in, in the, and I won't get into all of them, in the Social Principles book, um, you know, the natural world, all creation is the Lord's and we are responsible for the ways in which we use and abuse it. Um, so if you're wondering what it means to be a good Christian in the face of, you know, being good stewards of creation, you know, the United Methodist Church has some principles and some guidance on that. Um, you know, and, and just goes to the social community, the economic community, the political community, the world community, our social creeds, it's all there available to look at. And, and it doesn't answer every question, but it offers guidance when being a good this also means things that I'm not sure mean being a good Christian as well. Um, and that's one thing that uh, having not grown up in the United Methodist Church, that is one of the things that is very attractive to me about the United Methodist Church is that it's not, you know, as much as every pastor runs their business of the church, wherever they're, they're at, there is the United Methodist Church offering guidance on some of these bigger things um, because we run into those a lot, you know, when we talk about, you know, social responsibility, when we talk about economic responsibility and helping those who are poor, when we talk about how we are to be good stewards, you know, there is guidance available that is based on, you know, scripture on the teachings of Jesus Christ. So it's, I think it's important not to lose sight of those things when, when we're struggling with, you know, what it means to be a good Christian in the face of societal expectations and cultural pressures and all of that. Well, I think as we talk about leaving out our faith, as we talk about like building up that Christian character, if we're seeing ourselves primarily as a Christian and if we're living, seeking to live primarily as a follower of Jesus, you know, whether we're a Democrat or a Republican, at some point, there, there's going to be some conflict there. Mm -hmm. At some point, there is going to be conflict. 100% there is going to be conflict. And so we're left deciding, like, where am I going to land on this? Like, where where is Christ leading me on this? And, you know, it takes a lot of work to do that. It's a lot easier to say, well, forget it. I'll just toe the line on whatever party I'm a part of. Um, it takes a lot of guts, a lot of work to be able to step out and say, no, this conflicts with my, my, my faith, my belief in Jesus Christ. Um, and that often goes against the grain. Often it's countercultural. Um, and that's when faith gets difficult, but we'll get into this in the next sermon series. That's why the church is so important, right? The church is crucial to living out this life of faith doing what we're doing now um, and extending this conversation beyond, you know, one evening, that's crucial. Um, holy conversation, spending time with one another. So, yeah. Any other thoughts from the sermon series as a whole? I felt like it was a 
good way to get back to the basics to start off the brand new year. Um, any other, anybody else have any thoughts on this? And it goes, I mean, it ties in with obviously our discipleship, the discovery class. Um, it felt like, you know, I know the dates on a calendar is just an arbitrary thing, but it felt good to get back to those basics. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I, I don't tip, I don't all very often hear the feedback from folks about the sermon series, but I've probably heard more about this series than others. Just because I think a lot of people, it's review, <laughs> it's review, but have appreciated the review um, and doing the review together, you know, doing it uh, with one another and see the benefit of, okay, we really need to wrestle through what we believe, you know, what do we actually believe? At some point in our lives, we really do have to wrestle with what we actually believe, so I think it's important to start that conversation again. Yeah. And that is something, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit Sunday, Jacob, but that's something that I really would like for like the youth group to spend some time really, really thinking about, you know, what do you believe? Do you believe it because mom and dad told you to, or do you believe it because you really do believe it? You know, especially when they're in high school preparing to leave for college and that sort of stuff. It's like you want them to take it with them and really know what they believe. Yeah. Well, and I think even at the the middle school level, we've not had confirmation class because of the pandemic, you know, the last couple of, of years. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's, it's important for all of us to be revisiting this right now, I think. Well, I don't know. I, I'm sure you're going to get there here in just a minute. <laughs> well, all we'll right. Then I will, I will move us along. <laughs> uh, let us know your thoughts, your questions, your comments, concerns. If you're watching along, just type any of those in the chat, or you can send those to us uh, later in the week if you're listening to the podcast and your preferred podcast player. You can find us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter, at OzarkUMC, or you can email us directly at podcast at OzarkUMC.org. Uh, Deb Bell is responding with, in all the chaos we live, remember the basics, our foundation. It helps us feel secure in our faith. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Perfect. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about, so today it's Tuesday night. We do this every Tuesday. Wednesday nights are reserved for discipleship class. We are currently in uh, our Discover course. Um, again, talking about getting back to the basics of what it is that we believe, what it is that means to be a Christian, to be a member of the United Methodist Church. All of that is covered um, throughout this course. The class meets on Wednesday evenings over Zoom. If you're unable to make it to a meeting, the records are typically available on the Ozark United Methodist Church YouTube channel and Facebook page or the website uh, later in the week. This week is week four, uh, but don't feel like if for some reason you didn't weren't able to or didn't participate in the first three weeks that you can't be a part of the class. This That's one thing I really like about this this course, this book, is that you can kind of jump in at any point given you know whatever the discussion is for that week. You know We've hit on a couple of different things. Each week's been a little bit different. Last week's uh, was talking about scripture and the Bible, so um, that, and it's in every one of them have been good discussions, but if there's one in particular that you're like, wow, I really feel like I need to, to be a part of that discussion. You can kind of pop in just about any time on this one. Um, any thoughts so far on how the, the discover class is going or. 
Melissa, I'll let you share. I know you've been catching it, you know, later yeah. in the week. But um, I'll let you go. Yeah, Brad and I have enjoyed it. Um, just, it, and uh, yeah, it's it's been a good um, back to basics for us and just, um, you know, looking at, well, like the scriptures that we looked at yesterday and Joey, when you were talking about, you know, that they had the little quiz about, is this in the Bible or is this somebody else say this? And, um, it is really important that we know what's in the Bible if we're going to be, be Jesus in the world. So, um, but we've enjoyed it. Um, so I would encourage anybody who thinks they can't do it on a, you know, says, well, I can't do Wednesday nights. Well, Brad and I don't do Wednesday nights because we're with the youth on Wednesday nights. So you can still do it even, even without being right there. Now I will say we do miss not getting to interact with you guys <laughs> while we're listening to the discussion, but um, we're glad to have what we do have to be able to do that. For sure. I, I would say I, I've, I've enjoyed the discussion. I've enjoyed um you can see kind of a progression over the three weeks um, of just a little more openness, a little more honesty, and we're getting a little more into the weeds with some stuff, which that's great. Let's go there. Um, I, you know, but the nature of it, you're taking a 35,000 foot view of these really deep, deep uh, topics. So, um, but that that's good. It's it's been good to to do that. Yeah, and I think, do it together. I, I think the together thing is the important part because yeah, there's nothing that we've discussed or that I've read in this book so far, and I've skimmed ahead. I haven't really gone in depth in it, but I've looked ahead. Um, there's nothing mind blowing, earth shattering. Like oh, I didn't know. You know, none of that's there. the The value is the discussion and the sharing of stories and interpretations and testimonies about this stuff. So that is the where I find the most value. So uh, you can get all of that in the class certainly because you can be a part of the discussion. But like Melissa said, if for some reason you're not available on Wednesday nights at seven o'clock, um, still check out the videos because there's still uh, a lot to be gained even if you can't be a part of the discussion and it's not going to be, you're not going to be gaining knowledge as much biblical knowledge. It's not, you're not going to be able to pass a quiz necessarily because you learned something that way. You're going to be learning about how this community of believers uh, sees these different topics, I think. So that's coming up Wednesday night. It is. It's, it's shared wisdom. You're absolutely right. So let's talk a little bit about this upcoming Sunday. Like we said, this was kind of the the go-home sermon for the sermon series that we just did. We're starting a new series. It will take us through February and March. It will lead all the way up to Easter. It starts this Sunday, and you've teased it a little bit, but tell us kind of what to expect uh, as we go through this next couple months. Yeah. So this past Sunday was kind of the the bridge. Um, we'll use that word again. Um, is the bridge between sermon series. So, you know, we have faith, we believe, we profess our faith. Now what? You know, it's what's next? Well, we live our faith. Okay, well, how? Um, you know, how do I live like Jesus? And, you know, so starting this coming week, running all the way through Lent, um, which I think is the perfect time to be visiting this 
this question of how do I live like Jesus? Um, who do I need to be in order to be able to do what I'm called to do? Um, so, and, and how do I cultivate that? So that's what we're going to be looking at throughout this sermon series. And in conjunction with it, we're going to be digging into some spiritual disciplines. Um, we'll have that available outside of Sunday morning. It'll be um, kind of a discipleship piece that you can um, take on on your own. Uh, but just really, yeah, just bearing down on you know tra- that transformation piece. Who do I need to be? Virtue, character. Um, you know, there there are right ways of living, right? And uh, we're gonna focus in on that. Yeah, I know. I know some folks are still looking for something to take on, or you know, to to dive into throughout Lent. So it'll be good to have that as a companion to the sermon series that people can can take on as well. Um, so that starts this Sunday at 8.30 and 11 a.m. Those are our in-person worship times. Uh, if for some reason you are unable or choose not to join us in person, you can join us online at 8.30 a.m. on the Ozark United Methodist Church Facebook page, the YouTube channel. Um, for the live stream, that will the video of that will be posted to the website uh, later in the morning as well. Um, so all of that, different ways that you can participate. Also, uh, we'll we'll throw it out there. We'll plant the seed now. In a, two weeks, Lent is coming up. Uh, we will be having an Ash Wednesday service at the church in person. Uh, and that will also be available online if you are uh, unable or uh, and choose not to uh, join us in person for that. That'll be at 7 o'clock on February the 17th. So plant that seed. Be looking for more information about that as we go. Any other thoughts will, this week? Yeah. We'll also say with Ash Wednesday, we are going to be uh, imposing ashes, but we're going to do it in a way where we aren't having any interpersonal contact. So each person's going to get their own individual little bit of ashes. Um, so if you are watching online, if you're planning to watch the live stream, we're going to have those ashes available at the church uh, starting this next Monday, the 8th. So you can stop by the church, pick them up like you would pick up the communion elements um, and you can have those available for you and your family. You can impose on one another or on yourself. And, uh, we'll I impose on other people all the time. So and I hear and I hear if you're going to be there live for the service, uh, there will be an ash drop from the ceiling from what I've been told. So <laughs> that'll be interesting. See how that works out. <laughs> that way we can stay stay socially distanced that way it, it, oh and only part of that's made up all right so if there is there anything else this week part. yeah you'll find out on ash wednesday i guess won't you anything else we need to address anything else we want to talk about before we get out of here tonight that's good good discussion all right very good well we Certainly enjoy everybody who joined us uh, on the live stream, everybody that's listening wherever you are and whenever you're having to listen to us. Thank you for doing so. We certainly look forward to worshiping with everybody this Sunday, whether it's in person or online. For Melissa and for Jacob, again, my name is Joey Mills. May the peace of Christ be with you this week.